Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Tuesday, April 6th, day 221. It's the book of James today, James chapter 4. This divine inspiration penned by our Lord Jesus Christ, brother James himself. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. Participate in glorifying, magnifying, and broadcasting God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your call to action consists of supporting post-media solutions by way of your time or money contributions. God's word being taught cover to cover, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, <laughs> requires advertising and a functioning website suitable for social and search. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. God's blessings will abound on you and yours. Give it up for God at CompanionChapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address CompanionChapel at gmail.com. Your gift of as little as $10 a month or $0.30 a day enables me to bring you a Bible teaching podcast a day, every day. You are encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address CompanionChapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338 Road 28 slash 29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And the phone number here is 519-706-8876. Now turn with me in your Bibles, please, to James chapter 4 and verse 1. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not ants even of your lust that war in your members? You lust and you have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lusts. This word amiss means you ask with evil intents. Where do wars and, and fightings and conflicts and troubles come from? All evil in the world comes from the human heart, instigated by the great instigator himself, as it's written in the Bible, the Satan himself, the adversary. He is the root of all evil. He is the great treasurer of the world. He is the instigator of covetousness and self-pride and egotism and making people feel they're entitled to other things, entitled to things like people think they deserve better and deserve more. It's created this upgrade culture. It's created great corporations who put expiry dates on goods so they can keep selling and selling. You lust and have not. You just want more and more. It's never enough. Look at Solomon, for example. The guy had more. He was the richest guy in the world, ever. And he still was lusting and wanting. Before he came to the conclusion, vanity of vanities, everything is a vanity and vexation of spirit. You kill and desire to have. What do people say? I don't kill. I don't kill. This is how people kill. And this is how people spiritually kill others. People kill others. People people kill other people's chance at having the truth taught to them by supporting a teacher who doesn't teach God's word. And in the last lecture, we learned everybody is a teacher. Everybody's going around flashing their opinion like it's, like it's gold standard. A teacher who doesn't teach God's word. This includes those who support social media, people who support the great apostasy by killing the truth. You kill and desire to have, to feed your own lusts and gluttonies and greeds, is what James is saying. And fight and troubles and conflicts, right from the kitchen table in your own home, all the way up to the world stage. And as we read in the last chapter, it comes from the tongue. And what motivates the tongue? It's what's in your heart. 
verse 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy to God. That is major, major voice, uh, verse. Just think about that verse. James 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteress. This means <clears throat> God's saying this through James. He's saying those who aren't faithful to me. And that's why it's one of the big ten, big ten sins. You're not being faithful to me. And and our Father sends his, uh, sends his only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to get a virgin bride. That means we are faithful, spiritually faithful. Verse 5, Do you think that Scripture saith in vain, the Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? It's true. All, all the things inside of us that we have to learn to control. But if we don't learn to control it, it would just lust to envy and wantings and longings. Remember in the last chapter, bitter envying and strife, lying against the truth, people trying to seek peace at the expense of truth, not being gentle or easy with others. That means no, not nitpicking and tit for tat, the world of self-loathing and blaming and sniveling. Let that verse 4 really sink in. Verse 5, do you think that scripture said, okay, verse 6, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Proverbs 3, verse 34, God resists the proud, those that think they're all that, those that think they have entitlement. When God gives people extra, he expects extra in return. If you live in Canada or the United States and you make more than $43,000, if your household brings in $43,000 Canadian, which isn't that much, that's not even considered middle class. That's considered lower middle class. You're in the top 1% richest people in the world. People still want and lust after more and better. And they don't give it up for God. They will be judged way harder than the people that have nothing and their chances at hearing the truth of being killed by people with money who are supposed to be perpetuating the truth, who are supposed to be broadcasting and magnifying God's word to being taught around the world because you have the money to do so. But no, you go, look, I need a new car. I need to put tons of crap on my lawn to make it greener than the neighbors. I need a bigger house. I need a new kitchen. I need a new bathroom. It's just greed and gluttony. Give it up for God, or God won't give it up for you. He resists the proud and giveth grace to the humble. And that really comes together when you meet your maker. God's going to require of you. You were getting rich at other people's expense. Uh, uh, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to uh, recompense for that. And you're not going to recompense it on the, in the heaven side. It'll be the hell side. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit. Submit with unquestioned obedience to the Lord. Don't ask questions about... Don't question God's word. Don't think you know better. In the shortest time period that you've been alive, compared to the affairs of time, what do you know? You just know uh, man's theories, man's thoughts, man's wisdom, mankind's reasonings, which are inconsistent. They change all the time. You look at science. Let's just look at science. Look what they've done over the course of history. 
in short history. They're responsible for unbelievable human suffering, human rights infractions, and what they've done to the planet. Oh, science, we trust the scientists. I, I can't believe I hear people saying that today on the radio. I know it's all about COVID. Like, yeah, throw a mask on and put some crap or put some uh, that stuff on your hands, that alcohol stuff, sanitizer. Put some stuff on your hands, okay? Like, get real. This is a bad cold. This is a really bad influenza strain going out there. Uh, not to mention it's patented in the American Patent Office and that it was created by mankind. Man has an inconsistent thought pattern. Man is inconsistent. Science is just, science is done way more bad than good. And they're all part of the great apostasy, the great falling away from truth. Be careful who you trust and who you believe. It says, draw nigh to God, resist the devil. Submit yourselves to God. Ask questions about God's word. Don't question God's word. Resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? On well, Luke uh, chapter 10, 18, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, gives us power over the devil. He says, you can rebuke the devil. You can, you can pray like this. After you've repented, I rebuke Satan, all evil spirits, demons, devils, all powers and principalities of Satan. Everything that is corrupt to you, my Lord, everything that offends you, my Lord, everything that is of the darkness, my Lord Jesus Christ, we rebuke from inside us and all around us. And we pray for your love to come into our heart. We pray for the Holy Spirit to dwell within us so we can serve you. We submit with unquestioned obedience to God. We resist the devil because you give, this word is actually demons in the manuscripts, because you give demons no power. Demons need something to feed on. They feed on your fears and your lusts and your anxieties and your worries, and they'll just sit there and play a snare drum in your head. They'll feed on your envies and jealousy, and as it's written in the Hebrew language, they'll make you, they'll curdle up inside you and make it feel like you have curdled milk inside you. You ever felt jealousy before? I have. Envy before? I have. It feels like curdled milk inside you. You're conceiving it. You're perpetuating it. You're giving the demons and devils evil and evil spirits power. And it says here, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Don't allow that to happen. It's all about a meekness of wisdom. And meek in the Hebrew language means much different than the English, even the Greek. It means to afflict by self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself. Remember in the book of Proverbs, it talks about jealousies and envies. It says nobody can stand. <clears throat> you're making it up inside you. That's your world you're creating. And you can take that world to hell because God won't accommodate that in heaven. And that's all there is to it. Jesus Christ won't, didn't uh, compromise with those things on the cross. He resisted them and he did it for you. And the world put him to, the world killed him because they want to perpetuate these things because right now the world is run by the prince of the air as it's written in Ephesians, by Satan himself and all his high powers and principalities. But we can have power over these things where we make our way through, through this age, through this flesh age. Just remember, we're just sojourners here. We're just on a journey. As children of God, we do not belong to the world. This world is not our home. We're only passing through for judgment. As it's written in the Bible, that's from 1 Peter 2.11, but it's written in the Bible. You pass once through the matrix, born innocent of woman. And God's watching you. Do you love me? Or do you love all his ways and things of the world that just lead to frustration, 
disappointment. Oh, there's times when you're having a good time and you think it's all good, but we're going to talk about that in this chapter. So let's just see what happens here. Get the devil to flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. You keep God close to you. Draw nigh. That means walk close. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Submit with unquestioning obedience. And resist the devil. You know what? When Jesus Christ was having a little chit-chat with that demon on that farmy area or that pasture area where all those pigs were, the pork or whatever, the swine, big herd of swine, he says to the demon, get out of that guy. You're out of him. And the demons are like, where are we supposed to go? Well, just put us in those pigs over there because they need a host. Demons live in a host, is being taught by our Lord Jesus Christ. And the demons go and they go, okay, Jesus Christ, go ahead. Go, go live in those uh, swine over there, the pigs. What did the pigs do? That whole herd of swine. They ran to the top of a cliff and committed suicide. Even pigs, swine won't put up with demons inside them. And pigs and swine are the lowest of all carnal flesh. And they won't put up with it. So why do you? Why do people put up with it? Don't give it power. Don't acknowledge the things that are <clears throat> coming up against you that are just going to perpetuate into, into demons, devils, and evil spirits having power. Don't give power to the devil. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Deal. Cleanse your hands. That means your actions, you sinners. And purify your hearts. That means your thoughts and intents. Don't be double-minded. You have to walk the walk and talk the talk. You can't just, oh, well, this is, uh, you know what? I went to Bible study and I went to church. I gave a bunch of money. And now, uh, yeah, this is my time. I'm going to go... Um, Go to the liquor store, grab a bottle, go grab a prostitute, get some drugs, and uh, let's go party. It's my time. Or I'm going to go out on the computer, and I'm going to try and make more money. I don't care whose expense it's at. I don't care, as long as I don't see them. Let's talk about this. This is in the next verse. Don't be double-minded. God sees everything. God knows your thoughts and intents in real time. There is nothing hid that shall not be revealed in real time. You don't have anything in your closet, in God's eyes. Verse 9, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Does that sound right? That's a pretty dead sea verse. Like, what's this? Do you ever hear a pastor up there picking one of these verses out? Those, uh, the, the one verse random revs or uh, what a... The, the, Pastors that use the Bible as a book of quotes, why don't you pick this verse out? Sounds doesn't sound right. Stick with the subject. God's word is con being conveyed. Subject, object, and message being conveyed runs in by chapter by chapter, verse by verse, line by line. So what's the subject here? It's talking about drawing nigh to God, not giving the, any devil, the devil any power, any demons, devils, evil spirits. <coughs> Excuse me. Be afflicted. That means be meek. Learn to say no to yourself. Self-discipline. Weep, mourn, and weep. Okay, when you afflict yourself and self-discipline, you're saying no to all the vain curiosities of the world that come up in front of you every day. Don't pursue them, but feel compassion towards those people that do. They're not, you know they're hurting other people. Whether it's sitting there watching porn, 
You're hurting those people. Those images you watch, you're hurting them because you're perpetuating it. You see those little... I used to watch porn. There's no doubt about it. I've repented my ways. I pray for every one of those girls on there. Always consider human frailty and don't sit there and judge. And weep and mourn for those people. Okay, well, let's, okay, let's pray for the whole world comes to repentance. There would be no more pornography. There would be no more booze and drugs and ladies of the evening. There would be no more money that's the root of all evil and the economy, what it does to the world. Be afflicted. Give it up for God. And stop thinking about yourself. Be selfless, not selfish. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Okay, laughter be turned to mourning wraps it up at verse 17. So let's just leave that for a second. Your joy to heaviness. When you recognize that what is uh, giving you joy, when you recognize what is giving you joy is that the other is at the expense of others, seen or unseen. Someone in the third world, well, hey, I, uh, my... Uh, financial portfolio is making money off oil or plastics or whatever. Is it, is it at other people's expense in the third world? Like sugar and chocolate? Do you know there's 2 million little hands involved in labor exploitation right now? Child labor in the chocolate industry. 1 million children, 2 million hands. What do you think God sees? On the high day of Christianity, the Passover, people just push that aside and say, ah, we're going to have Easter. Pagan sex celebration. Let's give our little kids all these fertility symbols. Little bunny eggs, Easter eggs. Astaroth, that's Easter. Pagan sex celebration in the springtime. It's, that's what it is. And the little chocolate. Let's watch our little children eat the chocolate. Isn't that cute? You know, there's 2 million children's hands on that chocolate that are being forced into child labor. Well, you sit there all selfish watching your little kid eat that chocolate. When you recognize what is giving you joy at the expense of others, mourn and weep. Your joy turned to heaviness with compassion. Now we're going to talk about laughter turned to mourning in the last verse. 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Humble means that you're listening <clears throat> to His instructions and His laws and His conditions, and you're doing it because you want to do it. It's in your heart. It's not a burden. You're not grudgingly following the Lord. 11. Speak not evil of one another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and, the, and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. You have no right to judge. You can spot people. Hey, man, that, that guy's coming up here. They're all sketchy. You know, he's on a bicycle. He's got a knapsack on that's bigger than his whole back, and he's not going to the library. Like, he's, he's, he's you know, scratchy face. Now, here he comes up my laneway. Yeah, I'm going to spot that person that he's probably going to fill his back knapsack with my stuff, tools, any pawnable items. So I'm going to spot that person. Go, hey, dude, let's talk about your drug problem here. You know, or I can see someone coming up the laneway. You know, I'm going to spot to protect ourselves. Like, we're not suckers. 
Christians aren't second-class citizens. I would spot someone coming up here, you know, in, in a brand new Cadillac, and he expects me to respect him for his wallet. As I respect nobody except for being a human being. You don't get any different respect from me by the color of your skin. I don't care what color your skin is. I don't care if you're male or female. I look at people through God's eyes. I don't care if you're rich or poor. I look at people through God's eyes. I don't respect you for your skin, your gender, or your wallet. I respect you for your heart. And I love you. I might not love what you're doing, saying, or thinking. But what's in your heart, I love you. For being a human being. I'm one of my brothers and sisters. And I want us all to come to repentance. Humble yourselves. The Lord shall lift you up. Don't speak evil of one another. Don't sit there and diss one another. Or look at someone else like they're less than you. Remember what Jesus Christ said about disdain and slander. You know, slander is why Satan is getting off. He has the one and only death sentence in the Bible. You should watch it. A lot of teachers teach the unforgivable sin many different ways. But pay attention to slander. That's what Satan did to God. He slandered him. That's killing somebody. You've, you've pretty much killed them once you've slandered them. They're set back. They, people never hardly change their minds after someone's been slandered. It's always there. It's always hanging over them. Slander. When Jesus Christ was teaching that, he says, Raka, that's pointing your finger at somebody. He says, ah, that guy. I'm better than that guy. Look at that guy. You know, find, I find my happiness in other people's faults, downfalls, and miseries. We ought to watch it. You want to pick up people. You want to, you want to be meek in wisdom and your conversation. You want to be peaceable, gentle, easy, without partiality, without wrangling, and no hypocrisy, no play acting. Don't be a fake. Nobody likes a phony, and nobody likes a slouch. And nobody likes a bully, and nobody likes a thug. Like people who demand respect and don't want to get dissed. You can't bully it. You can't buy respect. You can't buy love. And you can't buy salvation. <clears throat> you can't buy morals. You can't buy integrity. Okay, let's go to verse 12. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Well, you want to take God's chair? Yeah, I'm going to judge these people. When you meet your maker... What do you think, you're going to be sitting there beside Jesus Christ, our Lord? That, oh, here comes so-and-so. Yeah, you know what? This guy, blah, 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 blah. Look at him, blah, blah, blah. No. That, that will never happen. You can't carry anything with you. You have to come to an understanding of others. You can't carry any disdain or distrust or hatred for people. You can't carry any covetousness or resent. Or spite. You can't be a tail, tattletale or tit for tat or have revenge or hate in you. All those things Jesus Christ resisted, did not compromise with on the cross. He didn't just do that cross as some sideshow. He did not compromise with evil. It was the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension. He set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that will not accommodate evil because Jesus Christ will not negotiate with it. He's not going to stand there with you when you meet your maker and go, this guy this, this guy that, this company this, this company that. No, you're not judge. You humble yourself. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. He'll put his love in your heart. 
go now, go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what you shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanishes away. For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now if you rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him it is sin. Let's go on this verse 17 for a second. We're going to have to go back to about laughter being turned to mourning. And we're going to have to go back to the most, in my opinion, one of the most hardcore, formidable, intense, daunting warnings in Scripture. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Whoa. Don't laugh it off if, you're, if your joy is at the expense of others, seen or unseen. Don't laugh it off. Don't say, oh, yeah, well, I'm just doing what everyone else is doing. Like my pension's in this company and I'm just, we'll catch it out. Trust in the Lord. This is what this is saying here. Go today, tomorrow, we'll go in such a city, continue there, buy and sell and get gain. Oh, you're not going to move to another city, but your money is. Who cares where it is? Right? Don't laugh it off. You better care where it is. Don't you know that your life is just a vapor? Just look at the affairs of time. Get a piece of paper someday and draw a line straight across from one side to the other. Then draw day one, infinity back on the left side, infinity forward on the right side. You have billions of years there. Like literally, mankind can't comprehend the scope of time. But just, just so we can, in our minds, put a billion years back and a billion years forward. And then put on that straight line somewhere which represents the affairs of time the blip of time of your life it won't even show up as a vapor just such a little time it passes away so what are you fretting about why do you think you have the right to make gains at other people's expense seen or unseen don't laugh it off you turn it to mourning you feel bad for those people get your money out of there and give it up for God You'll have enough money to make it through the day. You'll have enough money for the basic necessities of life. Too bad. You can't go to your Florida house and then come back to your Canada house and then go golfing somewhere in Europe or Hawaii. Well, while you're, who are you, whose expense are you doing that at? Labor exploitation? God's going to require that of you, and that's what's being said here. Don't you think otherwise? Don't laugh it off. This is the love of Christ in our hearts. We have to love every human being. We don't just love somebody because of outward appearance. Look, at, I love him because of his wallet. I love him because I love these people because of the color of their skin or because they're male or female. You love everybody through God's eyes. And you love them because they're your brothers and sisters. You pray for them that they can let go of the ways and things of the world that they think are so important to them. The self-loathing, the pride, the egotism, the sense of self-entitlement. 
You humble yourself in all humility. You give it up for God. You submit with unquestioned obedience. Ask for the love of Christ in your heart. And you pray for everybody. I pray everybody cannot perpetuate evil so there's no more pain and suffering on planet Earth. And a peace can happen. It won't happen till the Prince of Peace returns, but we have to get ready for him. And he's looking for a virgin bride. We want all to come to repentance. Well, I hope you're enjoying the book of James. That's James chapter 4. My name is Mike. This is the Companion Chapel. Phone number here is 509-706-8876. We're located at, I'm located at, I'm here by myself with my little Papillon doggy. Number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. And yes, it is an abandoned house with no electricity and no running water, but I'm going to teach the Bible till the day I die. And I'm doing it for you because I love you. Might not love what you're doing, thinking or saying, but I love you the same way people can hate other people for no reason. I can love you for no reason. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Please help promote this podcast. You've seen the website. It's a disaster. I can't do it. It's beyond my abilities. If you can create a website, be part of this chapel, be part of this church, come on out. Park a trailer here. Stay for the summer. Stay, stay all year round. What do I care? I live in this house. If you can help make this house a nice church, it's your church too. Part of the many-membered body. Put a trailer here. You can put one of those shipping containers here. The river's here, 77 acres. It's gorgeous property. I live in this abandoned house. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I need help. But I can teach God's word. I can give you that value. Come back and help broadcast, magnify, glorify God's saving word to the whole planet. Help plant the seeds of truth. Help get this podcast out there. If you want me to do videos, whatever you want me to do, you want me to come to your many member body, I'll do it. I'm waiting for my calling. I love you to pieces. I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourselves a great day. Bye for now.